Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Scott Smith is a nice chat. I mean, it was nice for me. Uh, Scott's uh, more positive than I am. That's very, very clear in this chat. Scott's been in front of the show for the duration of the show. This is year 15, and I've known Scott longer than I've been doing this show. So it's always very, very nice to talk to him. This was supposed to happen in December in front of a crowd. Uh, then it was supposed to happen in January in front of a crowd. And then it was supposed to happen, but a snowstorm got in the way. And then parenting got in the way. And on attempt five, we are finally back together. We do have a Patreon account. If you have the means, please consider it. Uh, it's it's in the podcast description. It's on our website. It's incredibly easy to uh, be a part of this. Thank you so much to everyone that is. Here is the show. Unfortunately, this started two months and one day ago, this interaction between you and I. It did? Yeah, this started on November 23rd, 2021. Okay. And you were supposed to be on our December 20th show, which got pushed back to January something, and that clearly didn't happen. And now it's January 24th. And I think that's a good way to determine our timeline, to how to judge it, that things that normally would have taken a month at most are now taking two months, and it's in much different circumstances two two years into this thing. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is that the first time we were supposed to do this, there was like literally an act of God, right? So you, uh, there was like a snowstorm in DC and that affected this. And then the second time was just like the, I had some manner of brain fog, wherein (laughs) not COVID related brain fog directly, but a type of indirect brain fog that uh, comes from living uh, in you know, approaching season three of yeah. a pandemic, uh, and I just spaced. Well, you could got actually count that as attempt three because attempt one was, or attempts one and two were delayed due to this current variant. Okay, so you could actually right. call that's those, right. So this is because we were five. supposed to do the live show. Yeah, and so there was that. Yeah, so this is like there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> In a way, there's a I, lot. That's just basically the motto of the last two years. You know, there's a lot. I don't know if that's a really strong American stick to itiveness nature in me, or it's just a sign that, like, I need to pivot because this is not working out. Just when you say this isn't working out, do you My mean life. your life? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like, what a, maybe this was not the right choice, career, yeah. lifestyle, anything. Like, it's not going well. Right. You're you're about to join the Great Resignation. From There's nothing to resign from, man. I'm still. Right. I'm just. I don't. I can't even be called. I can't be flailing if I don't have anything to hold on to. You know what I mean? Mm, that's a good point. It's not going well. How are you? You you've seemed to be accomplishing a lot since we initially were supposed to do this. You got announced as uh, you're now a University of Chicago Civic Leadership Academy person. That's true. That's true. What is that? I- so that is a group, this is an, an annual program that they do, and it's through the Center for Effective Government, which I think we can all agree is better than the alternative, which is ineffective. Government. Fascism. Right. Or fascism, right. It's actually too effective. You know, the, the, the place they teach fascism is the center to, you know, quite frankly, too, too much effectiveness. Uh, yeah. And it's really, tactically speaking, uh, we believe we've gone wrong which is does not fit on the diploma so they don't they don't call it that. It's um, already a really long thing on the diploma. I think they could fit right. all that. It's true. They just put tiny tiny writing. 
Um, but this is for people who work in uh, public and civic and nonprofit roles. So people who work for various forms of local government, uh, people who work which is for, you. which is me, I work for the assessor's office. Um, and uh, folks who are trying to uh, essentially make the world uh, a little bit better. And this is to, uh, it's a program for about six months. Uh, and they uh, ultimately hope to leave you uh, like Boy Scouts with campsites uh, better than how they found you. Uh, and you go and, and try to make the world even better in the they work that like you a, do. Like whether a, it's like a perfect you know, candidate for this. Thank you. They, they seem to agree, <laughs> uh, which is nice. Uh, and yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's important, particularly now when we see the role that government can play in people's lives and all the good that can come of, of that, but also when it either goes wrong because you're just a malevolent force or, uh, you know, frankly, maybe you, you're trying your best, but maybe, uh, in the words of George Michael, uh, your best isn't good enough and damn, can that be good enough for two? Um, so you just have to try a little harder and you have to think a little bit more ahead of time about like, what happens if we get in a pandemic? Um, you know, how do we work with the people who support us to make things better? So that's ultimately what we're, what we're trying to do in that program. Do you think any of your work in government has made you a better parent? Mm. You know, Maybe the reverse, because and I only say that because I was a parent first mm -hmm. and then went to work in government. So in, in some ways, you know, when you're working in government, you're trying to prevent bad outcomes. And when you have a kid, the worst outcome is you uh, fuck up and your kid gets hurt or, you know, something, you know, bad happens to them. Yeah. And so like you kind of learn to think several steps ahead. And, but I think it also gives you a sense of like, well, I know what it feels like to think about the worst possible thing that could happen. And so therefore I have a better sense of what a crisis actually looks like and what a crisis actually isn't. Does anything so, actually feel like a crisis once you have a kid? I mean, b besides your actual kid, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's relative. I, I think you just have a different set of priorities in the world, and you sort of learn what a real moment of I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't know how to get through this moment, right? And and sometimes working in government feels that way. And so if you had that kind of intensity where, you know, by the way, you probably haven't slept and you uh, don't have anybody who trained you how to do this parenting thing before it, where traditionally you have somebody like that in government. Um, I, I just think you've sort of imagined all the terrible things that could happen. And so it gives you a better perspective. I mean, as far as the, the other way around, though, I think working in government makes me think about all the ways in which this might affect real people. And I think giving, okay. give, you know, being a parent helps you think that through. And then 
I don't know. It's, it's there just always seems to be something that could go wrong in both scenarios. And I think when you, you know what I think the other thing is though, and this is a side benefit or, or an indirect benefit is it has made me really want to lean into the moments when I can relax. And it's somewhat through various different kinds of efforts made me less focused on being like productive and finding value in just like the feeling of being productive and knowing that it's really a good idea to relax my brain as much as possible because whether it's parenting or whether it's working you kind of need those moments of rest in order to be actually truly good at whatever big project it is that you have and so if you're not giving yourself that time to relax just being on all the time is just going to burn your brain out so i think so, in some respects it's made me you know more appreciative of time away from work well how are you relaxing uh it's you know i have actually re-embraced the occasional day of just doing nothing okay and and my like doing nothing is like watching a show or reading a book or playing video games a little bit just like truly going like i'm not going to I, there's nothing no box will be checked uh no thing will be created so there's that um but i think i have really tried to i think over the past few years I mean, you and I met when we were both covering music festivals. And mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that I have stopped, not intentionally, but, but just unintentionally stopped pursuing as a hobby. Like just started to forget about learning about new things in music or learning about new things generally in culture and trying to be, trying to like re-engage with that. Because I think there was a point you know, particularly before you have a kid or oh, yeah. you're just in a different place in your life where that stuff, like you absorb that stuff without really trying, right? Because it's just kind of all around you. Oh, sure. And then you get older and it's not like, oh, I became uncool. It's just like, oh, I actually had to learn how to try harder to absorb that stuff because it's not just like all around me all the time. So I didn't like lose the aptitude or interest. It was just like, oh, that's, I'm not swimming in that anymore. So I need to like make time to go swimming. I don't have that because, because <laughs> I, I turned that stuff into a job. And for a long time, that's, I kind of had to be somewhat knowledgeable of what everything was going on. So I never stopped doing that. And I'm trying to think of the last time I didn't check like a, a day where I didn't try to check anything off of a list. Does that make sense? Yes, makes absolute and total sense. Here's the question I have for you then, though, is how then, if you are somebody who, for most people, their idea of relaxing would be kind of consuming type, some type of culture or mm -hmm. uh, listening music, watching movies, TV, something like that. Your job is consuming culture and sometimes. So it's, it's hard to turn your brain off then. How do you do that? What is your version of, of that? Well, I don't ever want to turn it off. That's the thing. Okay. Like I, I don't, my, in my ideal world, I get paid to do this show and right. Do, right and stop. And for a long time, that's what I did. And it was the best. And then the pandemic hit and things got dark. So, um, now I'm doing these things and it's like, I'm, 
starting over again. Like I'm 19 and 29 when I first moved to mm. DC and it's fucking horrible. And mm. I don't turn my brain off and I, I can't remember the last time I did like it probably pre kid. And then before mm. that, I don't know. And it almost seems like you'd have to find something that literally isn't about, because like you, you naturally would want to engage with something critically, but that well, just makes it's not even brain... that it's not even engaging critically. It's just engaging with others. And mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know how much of a, a social person I was until the last two years. Mm-hmm. And, and did you ever watch the good place? Oh yeah. Okay. That's Kelsey and my like pandemic show. Right. And, and mm-hmm. even before, I mean, it wrapped in February, 2020. It was like too perfect. Right. Anyways, mm-hmm. One of my favorite cruxes of that show is like their presentation of hell is what someone thinks is their heaven, but something is like slightly off, right? And my version of heaven, what they would do for me is like either give me my show, how it used to be pre-pandemic, or like a na- like a barbecue in the yard or a roof, right? But then you're just stuck at the grill with like one guy that was invited by a coworker whose boyfriend you don't like, like that kind of thing. Okay. That's my ideal world where like you're, you're, you're surrounded by people sharing things. It, it, money is not an issue here. And it, it sounds like such a dick thing to say. It's sort of like your show. It's a salon, mm-hmm. but it's not in a venue. It's in an outdoor setting and it's full of acquaintances that could be friends. That's my, that's my version of heaven, right? Mm. I, you, you weren't able to do that for most of the last two years. Right. So, what I'm saying is like, those are the times I guess I would be like my most turned off in terms of brain stuff, but it's the exact opposite. Like that's all about interaction. That's all about talking and hanging out and never letting your brain rest. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, you know, we, I don't know what your experience was prior to the pandemic, but I would see these things and be like, oh, are you an introvert or an extrovert or whatnot? And I did not fully understand the extent to which I truly needed other people's, um, I want to say energy, but that makes me sound like a succubus of some kind. Yeah, but, there's no good way to phrase this without right. sounding like new age or just evil. Right. Or both. Right. But just that you kind of became, you kind of knew more about yourself and you became a better you in being around other people yes. and engaging with them in a real way and not in a like bad small talk uh, kind of way. Uh, but hear like me out. Five even minutes that, before a meeting. Kind of but thing. even that five minute stuff could actually be really super beneficial in way. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's learning what you don't want to do, that's fine. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you don't have to say those things, but there's a lot to learn there. There is no such thing as a bad interaction and unless there's like a gun involved. But you see right. what I'm saying? Did you find a way eventually to to fill some of that? Somewhat. I mean, I did more shows in 2020 than I had ever before. And then I launched this thing in 2021 and mm-hmm. it was going pretty well until the the one of the waves hit and then all the events got taken away. And then it was like mm-hmm. really hit hard in November, December. And mm-hmm. so those small glimpses back into a semblance of normalcy, like in June and July was amazing. But no, it's not the same, man. Talking to you is great, but it's not the same as being in the same room with you. Does that make sense? Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there is like all of the um, hand gestures and the, the 
facial expressions and the, like those are all signals right like those yeah. are all signals that our brain has been conditioned to look for and accept and i think one of the reasons why like stuff like zoom is so exhausting is like your brain is looking at those same things but it's very very different like there's all these weird filters in it and our brains are exhausted by trying to process the usual things we're looking for from a conversation in a completely different way i am one of the few people that i know that do this without video we're doing this on mm -hmm. zencaster zencaster has a video option obviously there's zoom i don't want the zoom i don't want the video i think it allows I think people want to jump back in quicker or try to interrupt quicker. But if you're doing mm -hmm. something like this, you're sort of forced to listen like a phone call. I think that's right. So it, I think you're doing something different with your brain, but you, th that semblance of being together is, is even more lost. Mm -hmm. So, Anyways, this is dark. How are you? How's the is kid? It, I don't know. I don't think it's... I, I think this is like what makes us fully human, right? Like we... I th I think the the June July period reminded us that those things are going to come back, and this is not permanent, and this is not forever. Hear me out. It might be, but I think we're going to live in a baseball. <laughs> I think we're going to live in a baseball schedule where like okay. we could all cool from April to October, and then it's just dark. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's. That's unfortunate. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> I think if you know that going in, it's not bad. True. True. See, I don't, in some ways, I mean, living in Chicago, you have that sense of like, it's very, very cold and you. No, 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 no. I trust me. I know where you're going with this. Right. But do you feel comfortable going to, well, not that you were going to a bar, but you know what I mean? Do you feel comfortable indoor dining tomorrow? Uh, no. No, that's what no, I mean. So yes. There's an extra layer of it. That's true. Would you feel comfortable if you didn't have a kid? Um, that's interesting. I think no. Okay. And only because I've taken the idea of this, like, we are here for each other. Sure. Thing very seriously. And I, I don't, and particularly before, I mean, not like I'm an epidemiologist now or anything, but like before it was like, we have no idea yeah. how this thing works. And now we have a little bit better idea than we did two years ago, certainly, and even a year ago. But, you know, still, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, there might be some stuff. Where, like, this particular variant you know, travels very differently. Mm -hmm. We learned that, you know, almost too late because by the time we found out, it was, like, you know, zipping around pretty quickly. Yeah. So I, I think that's, for me, I'm like, ah, you know, I mean, I, my daughter had a very mild case of COVID right before Christmas where she like had a sore throat and sniffles for a couple of days and that was it. But that was mainly due to, she had uh, just gotten boosted. Yeah. So I think she was like, you know, juiced up. Um, so, and we never got it. So I don't know. I mean, I, I just, in some ways it's like there's comfort and then there's just, well, I've been doing it this long this way. Uh, I don't know what happens if I start like kind of throwing caution to the wind. So are you going to the office? I I was prior to December. I was in the office pretty much every day. So maybe and like that itch was scratched in a way that socialization. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that was definitely, I had reached a point where working from home was not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. 
um, not because of my family or anything, but just like I was kind of really, I had run dry, you know, like that, whatever that metaphor is, um, my, you know, uh, talking with people thing, uh, I needed that replenished. And, yeah. and that was absolutely doing it for me. Um, just like being around people and, and it, it was not the same as before, but it was part of it. But, um, but then, yeah, the, the new variant popped up. Uh, my daughter got COVID. I was like, okay, I'm going to be home for a while. And, and then it was the holidays and then still kind of, I've been in the office here and there, but not fully kind of gone back. And, and honestly, that's because it's cold. <laughs> like I woke up got today it. and it was like snowing three inches. It snowed three inches yesterday. I'm like, ah, I'm going to get rid of the snow and I'm just going to work from home. I don't relish sludging my way through this particular day. When people don't understand why when it's like the first 50 degree day, people in Chicago are wearing shorts. It's like, Oh, mm-hmm. th- just listen to this. This is why you're calling up bars and be like, is your patio open? Yeah. Like, sir, it's March. Yeah, I know. But did you see the temperature? <laughs> I was uh scheduling stuff today for opening day in DC, just like hopes of it. I'm just, I'm also there. Clearly it's not as bad here at all, but it's uh it's a lot. Your piece that went up somewhat recently at this point, a better world requires uh, more than hard requires desire, hard work, mm-hmm. very positive. I mean, very negative. You acknowledge the negative, but right. it, it's a very positive piece. How do you feel about it today? You know, in some ways that I just, needed to like get that out of me. And I don't know that it was, that was a thing that I was like, a lot of times I write stuff and I'm like, I'm good. I'm done here. And that I think was the first thing I'd written in a while where it was fully baked and it had gone through various levels of revision. But when it was done, I was like, I don't know if I nailed this just right. Mm-hmm. Like I wrote a really long version of it. I wrote a short version. I wrote a shorter version of it um, that ran as an op-ed in my neighborhood paper. Um, it, you know, I just was kind of like playing around with it a little bit. And I don't know that it was anything other than how I was feeling in that moment, because so much of it was about literally like that week or that week before mm-hmm. or that holiday season. And the situation we're in now is almost even a little different than then. So I don't know. That was a thing that I was like, this is, there's a lot of good stuff that I like in here, but this also just felt like a, a thing that I was published, but it was still felt like a draft form. And it was interesting because I hadn't felt that way about anything in a while. And that doesn't mean I'm unhappy with it, but it just did just was like, I just got to get this thing out of my brain Sure. So I can move forward with the rest of my life because there's all these things that these like big contradictions that were running, you know, like that, that was a period when, you know, the variant was like really still raging. So this is like roughly a month ago when I think I wrote that Um, it published later, but this was like a month ago. And like the people were like getting mad that other people were outside of their houses, but like everyone had a, and still does have a different risk profile. So you asked if I would have acted differently, not having a kid, like 
Do you have a kid? Do you live with somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, are you able to just purely work from home? Do you, you like that? Uh, do you have a job that requires you to be in a specific physical place? Um, you know, some people, for whatever reason, are deciding not to get vaccinated. Some people have really good reasons for that. Some people do not. A lot of people do not. So there was all of these kind of weird contradictions that I think because of social media, it feels like we're like constantly living in all those things and constantly processing exceptions to things. And I just felt like I just need to get that thing out of there. Um, And I, I don't know, lately I've been kind of writing stuff like that where I'm just like, I just had to get this out of my head so I can like move on to whatever the next thing is. And that's, Do you miss uh, having deadlines? Because you—that's how we met. You were—you yeah. were a journalist, and now you are no longer a journalist, but you still occasionally write. So, do you miss that part of your life? I think that writing on deadline and writing to a word count, both of those things make you a better writer. You and I think art in general is better when it has some kind of limitation on it, uh, because you just have to like work harder for it. It naturally creates a sense of I have to like work this bit a little harder like it's got to fit in 600 words so I need to make sure that I'm really making my point because I don't have a thousand to like go on and on um so I think like word counts and deadlines I miss that because it made me a better writer not necessarily a better thinker but certainly like a better articulator of thought do you think it's informed the job at all? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it, it's we. I work in an office that is about property taxes, which most people don't really fully understand. They're like know them enough to be angry about them, <laughs> but we just have this incredibly complex thing, and and being able to boil it down into formats that people can absorb has been really helpful. And your, whether that's in social media or, you know, medium posts or things like that. Yeah. Is your show on indefinite hiatus at this point? It has been on indefinite hiatus pretty much since. It, so we were supposed to do a show in April, 2020. Really and quick. It's the front room, the front room, right? It's a South side storytelling series. It's a, it's a live event in a theater uh, with people sitting right next to each other. All things we don't really do right now. And I did a series of shows through Facebook Live last, no, 2021 was, let's see. No, this was in 2020. So this was summer of 2020. We talked about it during the pandemic. So yeah. uh, <laughs> that it's, doesn't necessarily narrow down. It's been 22 months, but we've talked about right. it. Right. And, and I did that and that was fine. But then it was just like, oh, I don't really dig this. I need to do yeah. this in a live setting. and that I missed that too much to kind of do like a, you know, different version of it. So uh, we're talking about bringing it back in the late spring, early summer. And I'm really looking forward to that, which you mentioned looking at things for like opening day. And I think that's a really good thing because we need that sense of a thing to look forward to. And oh, I yeah, think there's it's really a... hard to give ourselves permission oh, to yeah. do that. The older I get, the more I understand the, opening day thing even if your team's going to be horrible (laughs) right it's okay to lie to yourself we all know the cubs aren't going to do anything it's fine Mm -hmm. you should still care right there's the possibility (sighs) 
you're are you as hopeful as you were two years ago? I am more hopeful now than I was two years ago. That's great. I'm serious. I, uh, yeah, I mean it's it's better than the alternative. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think I I did a lot of thinking over the last couple of years about what are the like values that are most important to me, and hope was one of them, but resolve was right there too, and all of our problems have not gone away, right? Like there's all this follow, we, we have a better sense of like what the follow on problems are. And, you know, we do not have perfection in any of our various levels of anything, but, you know, going through a pandemic, which is still just a bizarre thing to say, even with all of the death and the sadness and the sort of like lingering sense of not truly being what you were before, even with all of that, it is hard to think about where we were two years ago in the depth of all this in May, June, July of 2020, and think that we're not at least somewhat better off than we were then. But even then it was, you know, there were, I, I, you think about this, this is, you know, this incredible moment in global history. And you think about what it must've been like to live through the pandemic in you know, 1918. And you would imagine that like, oh, everybody was like super depressed and everything was terrible and da, da, da. And then you see that there's these people attending a ball game and it's this old timey photo and folks have masks on, which first of all, hooray, <laughs> they, they wore masks at the ball game. I know there was anti-masker leagues and all that stuff. And so clearly as a humanity, we have not come that far, but folks were doing that and folks were still seeking out things that were fun. Like people were still finding ways to live their lives in a way that was still taking care of themselves and other people. And I think we have figured that out, or at least we have ideas about it. And that's, you know, when you said it's like going to be like a baseball, it's going to be baseball, we're going to be in and then we're going to be out and then we're going to be in again. I've gotten better at being inside now than I was two years ago. And I kind of think most of us have. And I think we're a little more calm and a little more understanding of everyone else's stuff. I agreed with everything until that last part. Okay. I'm not now, saying we're like fully like we're, we're that way all the time, but I think at our, at our best in the moments where we're actually seeing each other as individuals, we're, we're better at that. Once again, agreed till the end part. I think the Fair fatigue enough. is set in for the majority of people. And mm -hmm. I think the understanding is complete, not completely lost, clearly not completely lost, but from where we were definitely May, June, July, 2020, the understanding has been lost hmm. or just and not even lost denied. Is it, is it denied or is it, I think you, you hit on this idea that it's just the fatigue. 
Yeah. And it's just the inability to think clearly. No, no, no. There's ability to think clearly, but is <laughs> there's a willful ignorance. It's no different than cigarette smoking. We know it's bad. Mm. You still want to do it occasionally. That's that's it. It's it's, it's that basic. And I think that's definitely a lot, not definitely, a lot of that's some uh, BS American exceptionalism, individualism mm. type stuff that's always been false. Yes, agree with that. I just wonder, I think of it like when you, you know, when your kid is like a literally a, a barely old, barely crawled out right? A couple months in and you're just so incredibly tired that there's just no ability to like tolerate um, or, or, or to summon like a, an understanding of the other person that's in front of you, whether that person mm-hmm. is your partner or the baby or whatever. And you're just like, this person is being an asshole. And it's like, no, that person's uh, hungry or yeah. also tired or you know, going through some kind of uh, postpartum situation or whatever. And, and you're just like, I can only feel the thing I feel, which is this horrible fatigue. And it is taking the place of me processing other people's true selves or emotions. And I wonder just how much of that is preventing us from, you know, the idea that we're quote unquote over COVID. Like we're not just over COVID. We're over like everyone else's reaction to it. And we've just gone inside. 100%. 100%. And now you're talking about this like a philosopher or a lawyer, and I'm looking at it more like a detective. We're like, I'm like, I don't care how the dead body got there. If it was an accident or on purpose, there's a dead body here. So first of all, I would definitely watch a show where there was a detective paired up with a philosopher slash lawyer. First of all, just whoever's out there. Uh, it's law and order, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's already there. Law and order. Uh, Aristotle investigations unit. That sounds horrible. Yeah, that's we're gonna workshop that title. That's not quite what I was. I don't think the title's the issue. I think the problem. No bad ideas. No bad ideas. I still think that. Still think it's got something to it. I'm gonna just put that in the idea notebook. We can respectfully disagree. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. I'm uh, I'm clearly more negative than you, but I think I always have been. So Mm -hmm. that's fine. Um, That's right. I'm definitely more angry than I was two years ago. Mm. Way more angry. I really wasn't angry at all during the first year of this thing. What is driving the anger? The complete denial of people willing to go, things change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the stuff evolves. And to expect the same things is insane. And to deny to deny that things change is denying evolution. And that's infuriating. But it should not be surprising. Does that make sense? And so I guess I'm angry at myself. It's like, kid, you went to Catholic school your entire life. You've never believed in this. You were not baptized Catholic. I'm talking to me, obviously. And Uh yet, I'm still shocked when I have peers that are like, oh, yeah, I'm a big believer in X, Y, and Z. And they're my friends. These are my good friends. I have nothing against them. They're great great people. And I'm like, what? What? And it doesn't make sense to me. And I get frustrated with myself. And it's that, but on a pandemic level now. So is it that the the anger is more at your reactions to other people or it's at It's just at me. 
and mm. and stop. Like, why did I expect this to be different? Like, you, the, the rational part of me knows that this this is exactly how it's supposed to be. Yet but I you, was expecting something different because, like, oh, there's a new science. Like, it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. I'm I know that the narrative is more important than the fact. But you still get to be disappointed. It doesn't help, though. Even if you see, I think you're resisting. You're you're like mad at yourself for expecting something different, which that to me reads more like disappointment. Sure. And you didn't, you had better expectations of people. And that is ultimately a good thing. Now you get to be disappointed at that, but that doesn't mean you were the problem. Once again, this is, I don't care. There's a dead body here. (laughs) Like I understand. (laughs) And like, I think that's why I've been surrounding myself with like multiple Mr. Rogers calendars and like Mm. books about Buddhism and therapy and all this blah, 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 blah. And like, nope, it's not changing it. It's not doing the thing. It's like, like I got to figure out a different thing to make me not so angry at disappointment. There is the the thing I said that earlier, the thing that gets me through a lot of this is resolve, but it was a long time in my life before I realized that you can't, like there's no way to truly change someone's mind with a better argument or there are just certain things that will be yeah and and the more you try to uh, push against the world as it is rather than uh or or rather you try to push towards the way you'd like the world to be rather than accepting the world as it is um it took me a long time to accept that and i think i had a lot of anger and probably still do in some respects um, but had a lot of anger because of things not being the way that I kind of like thought they ought to be. Oh, sure. Oh yeah. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're much farther along than, than other people. Doesn't change the reality. Still a dead body. Sure. Sure. But you're accepting that the, that the dead body is there. Oh yeah. Not everyone. Once again, <laughs> I'm not trying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess that makes it better. Well, otherwise you're just tripping over a fucking dead body. Well, that's not good. Hey, that could be fun though. Like, if you don't yeah, know, you you're tripping over. Yeah, you skin your stumbles. knees. You got yeah, skin fine. knees. Nobody wants skin knees. You think I'll see you? In, I think I'll see you in person in 2022. Well, first of all, I hope that that's the case. Yeah, and. Second of all, uh, I don't have a second of all, actually. I, I, went, <laughs> I went ahead and did the thing you're not supposed to do in outlining, which is uh, I just have an A and no B. Uh, well, good I luck have with... every expectation we are going to see each other in 2022, and I look forward to that. Yeah, good luck with everything. I'm glad that your daughter's fine and that this doesn't return in any way. And I guess good luck returning to the office around St. Patrick's Day when it's somewhat warmer in Chicago. Thank you. And... I am wishing you not just good luck, but I am wishing you uh, a thing to look forward to, which is doing live shows again, because those things are going to happen. They are going to happen this year. 
You, me, them, everybody is produced by me, Brandon Weatherby. We've been doing this since 2008. This is year 15. We have a Patreon account. Please consider donating at you, me, them, everybody.com and in this podcast description. The most recent year of shows is available in iTunes and Spotify. The first 15 years, all 15 years, all 900 plus episodes are available at you, me, them, everybody.com. Follow us on all the social media handles you could think of. It's at sign YMTE. Our art is by Jillian Ron, and our music is by Daniel Knox. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping, friends and family. I'll be 